I'm literally the Snickers commercial. I mean, if we ate Snickers, he'd probably keep them around. Be like, oh, okay, she's not mad at me. She's hungry. Hello. Welcome to A Couple Thoughts. My name's Natalie Hernandez. And my name is Christopher Hernandez. We forgot to do that last week. We did forget to do that. So, so if you <laughs> forgot our names for a week, here's your reminder. So what are you drinking? I am drinking um, Constant Comment because that's, that's what I'm going to be doing on this podcast. <laughs> Constantly commenting. And um, the cup that I'm drinking out of is from my bestie, Rachel Walsh. Shout out to Rachel. And it has a picture of bear of Dwight in a bear costume. Battlestar Galactica. It's actually pretty amazing, so I might even put a picture of it on Bears Facebook. Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. Galactica. What are you drinking? Uh, in my wonderful glow-in-the-dark T-Rex Jurassic Park mug Ooh. that I got from Universal Studios uh, last year. Fun story. Tell it later. I'm drinking... What am I drinking? Uh, vanilla chai? Yeah, vanilla chai. That's what it was. Fully loaded. I kind of already finished it. I have a couple sips left. Yeah. So it's a tea evening. Yeah. It's pretty good. Our mugs are really awesome. We have Um, a problem with mugs. We have way too many. Way too many mugs. Mm Mm-hmm. So anyway, there's a couple things that Chris has to get off his chest before we can get into the topics today. Right, right. So about last week, I don't know if you guys (laughs) noticed, but we're passionate about music. 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 Speaking (laughs) like a Californian. Totally. Passionate about music. Are you asking me if you are? Are you telling me that you are? (laughs) I'm totally Californian. Wait, are you sure you're Californian? (laughs) Are you, Wait, are, are you asking me you if you're Californian? Me I'm Californian. See, I really am Californian, so if anyone can do it... <laughs> it's you. It's me. Okay. Um, someone mentioned that I didn't mention the wonderful composer Danny Elfman. Oh, gosh. He yeah. is my, one of my favorites, just mm-hmm. letting you guys know. And he's done some of, my great, uh, some of the greatest hero themes. And one of my favorites is his um, Spider-Man, the Tobey Maguire trilogy soundtrack. His theme's so good. Um, I love I Stands from Edward Scissorhand, and I did put that track in the playlist we mentioned, so before you guys get too mad, mm-hmm. there is some Danny Elfman up in there, and uh, thousands of others we didn't get to mention. I heard Danny Elfman did Batman, did Justice League. Uh, we haven't seen that movie, and we kind of started it, and then, <laughs> wow, didn't. it was bad, so we cut it off. <laughs> we but tried, we I'm tried. I'm sure Danny Elfman's probably the best part of that. I wondered if anyone else does this, because I do this. But when you guys listen to music, does it actually become a soundtrack to your life? Because there's, there's one thing to listen to it. But I will start, like, if I'm driving, and I've got a song going, even though I you can't speed and stuff like that, but it's almost like I get more passionate if the song's good, or it's like I'm if it's a really good action song, then suddenly I want to drive like a stunt driver. But you can't <laughs> do that, which is horrible. But I am already tend to be in my head too much, so then you add music to it, then it's like... It's it's I'm actually living in a movie. Like it's not just music. It's like now I'm I'm in a film and I oh, love yeah. it. And I've always been that since I was little. Mm-hmm. Like you need music to accompany whatever action you're doing. Yeah. So even cleaning the kitchen can become quite an epic. Mm-hmm. Like in the movie Enchanted, whenever she just kind of breaks into song and like the birds join <laughs> and the people in the in uh, oh Central Park Central Parks, Parks yeah. are dancing with her. Like that would be amazing. I would do that if that happened. Like yeah. Oh, you know what? have an epiphany i'm gonna start singing about it and then everyone should just join me like that'd be an amazing way of living well if you've ever been a theater kid it happens but theater kids haven't figured out how to make the rest of the world do it with us yet mm. so we just look weird 
Ooh, that was a bad confession time. Everyone now knows I was a theater kid. Mm-hmm. Was? <laughs> In the best sense-ish. Maybe not always. Okay. <laughs> so our kid's cute. So our kid's still Man, super cute. Man, she's cute. Dude. Like, seriously, we should have another one just to see what it looks like. <laughs> just to see if it'll be as cute as the first. Because, man, <laughs> our kid is, like, insanely cute. Just saying. Anyways. Uh, it's ridiculous. But anyway, yeah, I have a feeling she'll be cute every time. But what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about two topics, um, both pertaining to marriage. Mm. One being... Um, How many of you just did that Princess Bride moment in your head? Which one? <laughs> marriage. Oh, yes. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. Together today. <laughs> uh, fights slash arguments in marriage. We're going to talk about that and mm-hmm. the common conceptions and misconceptions about it. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to dive into an article I read the other day that has to do with the quote-unquote Billy Graham rule. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. If you don't know what that is, that's okay. We shall tell you. You shall be told. You shall be informed. Your ignorance will not be for long. So the reason we wanted to bring this up is because some people... Well, I hear often anyway that people will say, quote unquote, fighting or arguing is just part of a healthy marriage or like the key to a healthy marriage, the key to a healthy marriage or whatever. Or even just like if they had a fight, um, you know, people would say, oh, it's OK. It's all part of marriage. Everybody fights. Everybody fights. But then I think, wait, we don't. People often tell Chris and I that we are in denial because we say that we don't fight. We don't argue much. We've and been married for 13 years. 13 years. We've known each other maybe three or four before that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember one time where we ever had a, what most people would call a fight. Yes. Or even a heated argument. Even a heated argument. And it, this doesn't count minor disagreements. Mm-mm. Those happen because you're two different people. But a lot of times, and maybe we need to clarify, each person I talk to who says that we're in denial, I'm like, well, well, let's clarify what you mean then. Mm-hmm. If you mean raised voices, lots of yelling, some of you throw stuff, I hear. Door I don't know. slams. Lots of door slams. Why do you always, you never, always, always, <laughs> never, you Why always, you always never. never. Yeah. We're not saying that you don't love each other. But when it gets to that point, we're kind of like, hmm, that seems, we, we've just never experienced that like there's never been an anger he's never yelled at me in a way that it seemed like he was trying to he just wanted to win his point or make me feel small and i think a lot of times when people get upset about something they have a tendency to belittle the other person Mm -hmm. because they're upset because they're mad i've waited after a couple years of marriage like okay maybe it's going to come up three years four years five seven eight nine ten and nothing's happening as far as like that thinking line of thinking and i'm thinking okay either we're an anomaly or we figured something out that maybe people need to get more clear on because i think our marriage is pretty awesome i like our marriage i think it's and it's not that we're holding it in or refusing to talk or just keeping all our feelings to ourselves as to not argue or fight yeah or trying to avoid any I try to avoid any arguments or disagreements. And I that's, mean, clearly, that's not our problem. <laughs> clearly. Uh, it's not that, guys. 
I think um, it's possible to have to not have big blow-ups and fights. And I think my issue specifically is people that say that's healthy. When you disagree, getting through those um, immediately and um, finding a solution is healthy, but never is hurting the other's feelings or doing something to try to win the argument instead of coming to an actual solution or yelling or door slamming or being, if I may, a child about it. Never is that healthy. Sure, it may be quote-unquote common, but that just because it's common doesn't mean it's the staple of a marriage or of a healthy marriage. Yeah. When Chris and I talk about this together, we try to figure out if we are the anomaly. So I'll, I'll just, I'll give you some of what we have tried to figure out so you can decide if you want to completely blow us off or think, hey, maybe we have something to offer. So I will say this, we got married very young and he and I have talked about that. We, for us, that was a benefit because we were so young. We've grown together so much that there, we weren't, we weren't like in our thirties used to having had our own way, our own routine um, many times when you live alone, and it's not a bad thing at all, but when you live alone, you get your own your own routine, your own things you want to do, maybe even your own side of the bed, your own system going. So then when you merge that with someone else who has their own system going, I could see how that could be a harder adjustment than what we had where we were kind of, we weren't set in our ways in, I guess you could say, in any sense. Yeah, we kind of so made we, our ways or set our ways together. Yeah. And we kind of grew up together and learned how to be adults together. Yes, I so, was 21 and you're 19. Yeah. So I will say that. So so maybe we had that going for us. I think that that adds to it. And But still again, I want to keep making the point of that's still not an excuse. Sure they may have it harder and they make disagreements may come up more often, but it's still not an excuse to um argue in the in the negative sense. In the negative sense. Yeah. We're not talking about a disagreement. Mm-mm. We're talking about, I, I would call it more of a fight. Fight. Yeah, we'll say fight from now on. Yeah. Or fighting is wrong. Fighting. You can have a disagreement, and even a an argument, I don't think, has to become a blow-up. So, I guess, yeah, a mm-hmm. fight. A lot of times when I've heard women complain about or talk about whatever fight they had, I am kind of like, well, you were both, like Chris said, it, it sounded kind of silly, or it sounded kind of childish mm-hmm. and that's that's probably true um and again i want to clarify that i'm not saying that these aren't people who love each other who don't love god or whatever your standard might be i i think you genuinely love each other and want to be married but there have been the occasional where i'm talking to someone and i'm thinking okay your spouse kind of just sounds like a, a jerk. So I can't relate at all. I'm like, why would he do that? Like, yeah, that was mm-hmm. mean. And and then the more you talk to them, I'm thinking, well, did you like the person when you got married? Because that feels important. You got to love them, yeah. but you also got to like them. Like the way you're talking about each other makes me think you don't like one another. And if you don't like one another, I have a feeling you'll probably fight a, a lot more. So yeah. that's what's hard for me to understand too is – Maybe maybe we need to work on whatever premarital counseling is because I feel like people get so like 
taken off guard by how different it was, mm-hmm. how marriage was. It was different than they thought. Everyone, everyone, I mean everyone, <laughs> said that the first year is the hardest. And Chris and I breezed through that. Like, that was fun. That was cool. And then the second year came around. We're like, well, this was cool. Then we passed the seven year, which is apparently you have a seven year itch or something. I'm like, well, that was awesome. I don't remember itching. And then here we I are. Itch for you. Here what? we are. What? That's... <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then here we are going on our 14th, actually, 14th what? year. This November will be 14 years. Wow. And you're still my favorite and stuff. So, again, yeah, I, I, Chris and I, okay, so here's the other benefit of the doubt I'm going to give you all, is maybe personality-wise, we mesh well, really well together. I always hope that he rubs off on me and not vice versa, because he's definitely the down-to-earth, very chill. Um, you probably couldn't make this man be angry at you or anything, because he's so kind and stuff. But I think there are ways to handle conflict as you've heard us talk about in, in just life handling conflict, a lot of that can be helpful in marriage. Like not when you're angry, maybe taking a step back for a while before mm-hmm. you approach the topic again. And there's tons of books out there with good advice like this. And I have known couples who had a really rough go at it and now their marriage has really, really improved. And to mm-hmm. them, I do applaud them. And I'm like, that's awesome. So we're not here to say that you're all horrible and you know, we're the best. That's not the point at all. And I don't even think it's because Chris and I are exceptional Christians or anything like that. But we do feel like there are ways to handle conflict so you're not fighting and you're not hurting one another because that is something that I don't think you need to do. And just based on the people we've talked to and what they've told us, it does sound like a lot of what's going on is just flat out kind of maybe sometimes being jerky, being flat out... um, and again, I think our point isn't, um, I mean, our point is more that when people say this is healthy or this is part of marriage, I don't. we're trying to break that and say, no, it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Because obviously, yeah, it happens. We're not trying to make you feel bad for it happening. Right. We all have our flaws. We're just trying to com- combat the idea that when people say this is just part of marriage or this is healthy part of marriage no it's not yeah it's never healthy to yell at you right it's never part of marriage to call you a name and slam the door in your face and be mad at you for an hour anger is is kind of looked down upon if it's not righteous anger anything that's not righteous anger is unhealthy so if that's what you're dealing with in your life you need to deal with that anger and not Mm -hmm. take it out on your spouse because that is sinning having a disagreement we would defend is normal yeah it's just normal in everyday life. Yeah. And just because and because you're doing you're sharing a life with someone, then it's going to come up more cuz you're making decisions together. Right. But we do want to challenge is it is is having fights and arguments part of a healthy marriage? And you can tell us what you think cuz we are still just kind of like, all right, is this just us? Or does it not have to be that way? And if I'm honest, I do get a little worried because I've only—I don't know if I've ever met another couple that didn't have what they would call passionate talks, where basically just means someone's loud. And a lot of women, because I'm talking to women, say like, "Well, I'm just hot-headed. Well, I'm just this." And I can get the sass. I've had it. I get hangry. But the thing is, you learn 
to understand one another. And it's empathy is huge. So Chris learned early on, like, oh, she's hungry. <laughs> I'm literally the Snickers commercial. I mean, if we ate Snickers, he'd probably keep them around. Be like, oh, okay, she's not mad at me. She's hungry. And then we eat and everything's fine. So sometimes, and I can understand like, oh, it's late at night. He's probably really tired. He's not being short or anything. He's just sleepy. Like he needs rest. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes you need to, I think we want to take everything personal, but you have to try to step back for a second and be like, well, wait, what are they going through? Mm -hmm. And also, I just like you a lot. I know. You're so awesome. I like you like a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Therefore, why would I want to like hurt you? Yeah. That's what I don't understand too. Like going in fights and stuff and like i'm just like wait what why would i want to fight why would i want to fight why would i hurt you or call you names or try to be right about a situation that's just kind of stupid because i like you too much i know i think you're like really cool no i like you more yeah so (laughs) like you said earlier maybe it's before marriage some things need to happen because believe it or not but there's people out there that are kind of like Oh, yeah, we've been married. And then he found out that I didn't want kids. Like, wait, what? Yeah, what? How, how did you like, get What were there? your expectations going into marriage? Like, mm-hmm. that's super important. What do you... I think a lot of these marriages didn't start out right as relationships. So when they got into the marriage, it also brought things. So because we haven't fought in our marriage, sometimes I think people might think we don't have the... We can't understand what it's like, which I could get. Mm-hmm. Maybe we don't. Yeah. But I still think it's not an excuse. And it's not part of a quote-unquote healthy marriage. That's what we're fighting against. I don't want to make you feel bad for, oh, man, we, we fought just last week. That's fine. Did you resolve it? Is everybody forgiven? You know, mm-hmm. you moved on. That's healthy marriage. Yeah, yeah, That which is what I was saying earlier. I'm like, I've heard of marriages that started pretty bad and they're really great now i'm like well you guys did it then you worked you worked hard and you worked on it and you both changed the fight isn't the healthy marriage yeah the what you do during and after the fight is what's healthy yeah which is the resolve and forgiveness Mm -hmm. that's what's part of a healthy marriage and what you said earlier i wanted to interject that what my um my friend said you'll probably she'll probably be a guest here and she knows who i'm talking she knows who she is she always says well my husband's my teammate we're on the same team. Why would I want to fight against my teammate? Like, we're mm-hmm. in this together. Mm-hmm. And I love that because that's just, it just put words to how I feel. I'm like, yeah, we're on the same team. Like, I don't want to be constantly in conflict with you. And especially now, it's like, we're raising a kid. Like, we're doing this together. We're in it together. Mm-hmm. The cool thing is I never had to feel like I was fighting against it. It always felt like we were on the same team. We always wanted the same thing. And that's why Chris and I always are like, when people talk about opposites attract, I'm like, e- yes and no. I think opposite personality types can complement one another, but I don't think complete opposites attract. I think as far as the big things, how you feel about your dreams, your goals, religion, all those big important ones, I think you need to be on the same page. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what happens a lot too is they get married, they both had different goals and they assumed the other one was going to go follow them in theirs. So I definitely think it helps when you have the same goal in life. So for Chris and I, we we do have similar values. We have we even kind of have in some ways a similar upbringing. We have the same dreams. We loved the same things. So that really did help. It's like, well, when you take all that into consideration, what was there to really argue about? What was there to fight about? It's mm-hmm. like when we have a discussion, it's usually just really 
like a really fun discussion like oh i know right totally that's what i'm thinking because mm-hmm. we do agree on it and it's not that we never went through stuff yeah we've had our trials and tribulations to our Dude. life and marriage mm-hmm. yeah. but like you said we were in it together we were, in it together, we were a yeah. team going through it we weren't at odds yeah he was always there to lift me up and i was there to lift him up like we had to go through stuff that was really hard and i only felt supported how crazy divorce is nowadays when we got married we said this is forever like divorce can't be an option do you still want to marry this person knowing divorce is not an option and i'm glad that we had that to begin with because it's like you we had the understanding that this is for the long haul i think what happens a lot of times nowadays is people just see divorce as an out it's like well i don't really have to work too hard at this marriage because i can always just divorce them if it doesn't work out mm-hmm. or they just won't get married at all because they're like Eh, marriage is a social construct. When really deep down, they're just like, they want to commit and they want the out. Yeah. So in conclusion, fighting with your spouse is not a healthy part of marriage. But if you fight with your spouse, resolving it correctly through forgiveness and love is what's part of a healthy marriage. Yeah. Like, when you have conflict, how are you handling that conflict? And to be really honest, if you feel like you need help, if you need outside help, well, I would encourage you to get counseling because I've seen marriage counseling help lots of marriages. So find, find some, get some help. Yeah. Because marriage is awesome. And also, if you're not married, marry someone you like. Yeah, just please, please marry someone you like. Not someone you're attracted to. Someone you like. Only. Only, yes. Marry someone you're attracted to and also like. Right? Uh-huh. Which is why I always loved on Parks and Rec when they said, I love you and I like you. Because we basically always said that before. I'm like, see, they get it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, like, yes, I love you. We're called to love everybody, Ugh, which can be so tiring. But you're called to love everybody, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, not only do I love you, I like you. So we're going to move on to our next topic. Um, it's about the Billy Graham rule. I was online the other day and a friend posted an article from Christianity Today and it is called, It's Not Billy Graham Rule or Bust, 15 Ways My Husband and I Guard Our Marriage While Still Loving Our Friends of the Opposite Sex. So if you don't know, and I didn't, the Billy Graham rule is generally as follows. If you are married, never be alone with someone of the opposite sex who is not your spouse. Um, I kind of already kind of lived by that rule. I didn't know it had a name, but I thought it was a pretty wise thing to follow, as we'll get into while we think so. Um, but once I read this article, I thought, oh, this seems like a cool article. What are they going to say? But by the end, I had so many eye rolls and I was just like, really? What is this person saying? This, <laughs> this is not good wisdom. She called the rule very legalistic but then went on to give 15 of her own rules. And I'm thinking, okay, what's more legalistic, one or 15? Going through the 15 rules, some of them are fine. They're good. They're just like normal rules that anyone should have, like open communication, always being honest. But the overall feel of the article is that she is promoting pursuing friendships with people of the opposite sex who are not your spouse. Whereas we say friendships with people of the opposite sex are fine, but you don't, you, there would, we don't see any need for you to have to go out of your way to have, to be alone with that person. Mm-hmm. Like pursuing friendships alone 
Yeah, like I don't see myself. Like I'm close. We have a close friend couple, Jacob and Rachel. Yeah. But I don't see myself saying, hey, Rachel, let's go hang out. You know, just me and you alone somewhere. Like, yeah, me and Rachel are good friends. Right. But I don't feel like that is smart or wise. And I think the Billy Graham rule applies to situations like that. Yeah. It's just a good idea to not do that, which some people I can see would think it's, oh, legalistic and, oh, you just don't know. Or how is that bad? You're victimizing the woman or you're acting like you guys are just going to jump in the sack right away. But it's a lot It's a lot more than that. It's bigger than that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's definitely not... Um... We're not even saying it's a sin. We're saying it seems to be a pretty safe practice. And yeah, I was like, if me and Rachel did end up hanging out or something, I'm not saying we're in sin. Right. But that isn't something, that isn't a, a practice that I would pursue or think is a wise practice. Right. Like, if I saw a friend smoking, yeah, he's not in sin, but I, I'm not going to say that's a healthy practice. Yeah. Or something that may not lead to something later, you know? Yeah. And I used to, I've worked a lot, so I had a bunch of coworkers who were guys, and that was fine. And there was occasionally times where, like, when I was a waitress closing shift, you know, it ends up just being you and the manager right before you lock up or whatever. That's fine. That's normal. That happens. We're not saying, oh, my gosh, you must run from the plague or, oh, my gosh, now you must call other people there. Mm -hmm. Not that it's not, we're not trying to make it something that big. But there were also times in other jobs where I didn't practice this and I was like, well, why would it matter? That's fine. And found only a handful of times alone with someone who wasn't Chris of the opposite sex. And what happened was a bunch of rumors. And I didn't like that either. Yeah. The hurtful ones. And But then it was kind of like, well, that was my fault because even though nothing happened, nothing was wrong, nothing was bad, it from the outside would look bad. And so I think the point... I would make of why I think I would have done it differently now is because the Bible does talk about, for Christians anyway, this is only for Christians, this isn't for everybody else, were to live above a reproach. So even though nothing was going on, nothing was wrong, it could look like it would give people reason to talk Mm -hmm. if they saw a married woman alone with a man of the opposite sex. You know what I mean? And so it's just, it does seem like a safe practice, even just to protect your marriage, even from like that gross scrutiny or that gross gossip mm-hmm. or that gross whatever, like it's just not worth it, you know? No, like when the media made fun of Pence for being very faithful to his wife because he wouldn't go out to eat with, I think, some lady or I forget how what the details were, but I'm like, really? Like, yeah. I mean, you're the vice president. You'd think he'd be smart enough. <laughs> it seems to like a really good not, idea. <laughs> seems like a, yeah. Sorry, guys, our vice president is extremely smart and wants to protect <laughs> his marriage and his reputation. He's the vice president. That's, you know, right. that's a smart thing to do. And the Billy Graham rule is a smart thing, especially for a man like him. Especially, yeah, especially but, for people in high authority we think, like that. I th- we believe it's a, it's a good rule in, in, in general. Yes. Men and women, yeah. Yeah, it's especially important for those uh, in ministry high up and everything, which is why I think Billy Graham instituted it for his ministry. And I would, I, we should have looked it up before, but I'd be curious to see. I have a feeling there probably wasn't a whole lot of, things on earth that were gross from his ministry, unlike today, where it seems like every other day there's some article about some pastor who abused his power or did something to someone, you know. Billy Graham went to the grave blameless in that area. 
Exactly. He's a great man. So yeah, it, it's... You'd think that rule would, you know... That should say something should about, say the something rule. about the rule. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know this person who wrote the article, you know, has good intentions. And like you said, some of the rules are good things, which is yeah. the idea of thinking that the Billy Graham rule is this harsh rule that she says in this first paragraph, it renders male and female f- friendships impossible. Um, no, it doesn't. Oh, no, it doesn't. <laughs> like, it doesn't. So her doesn't. initial premise of her whole article and of the Billy Graham rule is wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, we have great relationships with people of the opposite sex, but we're not we're not going to go hang out alone with them somewhere or yeah. be or, or grow too emotionally attached to them and, and share deep stories and longing. and When you're married and alone. Married we're not talking alone. about when you're single and you're mingling. <laughs> you single do what you got to do. Go single and mingle. You go have your coffee with that, that special lady friend, uh-huh. special gentleman friend. We're talking about if but you're if married. But if she's married, no. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't do that. And another thing I disagree with right away in her first paragraph here is that she says, however unintentionally, it communicates to women that they are fundamentally dangerous. No, you speak to that. Yeah, as soon as I read that, the first thing I thought was, no, it doesn't. Why would it, if anything, I would almost feel like it's saying that men are dangerous, which I'm not saying that either. I don't think the second you're alone with some man, they're going (laughs) to be crazy. But, But I've been very lucky in that any men that I've been around or in the workplace or anything, I always felt safe around. Mm-hmm. Other women might not have been so lucky. So mm-hmm. imagine if they are alone with someone mm-hmm. and, you know, a man who, who isn't honorable, who isn't, you know, mm-hmm. going to be good. So if anything, it's, it's, it is more of a safe thing for you. But more than that, which she's not really even talking about that, although it, it did come up when talking about this mm-hmm. because in this day of Me Too movement, it seems like... There, there are false accusations out there, but a lot of them aren't, of course. But it seems like it would be a helpful rule to follow because then if it's just you and one other person in a room, there's no witnesses and someone could accuse you wrongly mm-hmm. or, you know. Again, back to pastors and our president, you know, yeah. et cetera. Right. But I, I definitely think, if anything, it's saying that you're both dangerous. <laughs> you're both sinners. You both can fall. Mm-hmm. So... It's not just against women. Mm-hmm. And this article is written by a woman, we should probably point out. Yeah. And she's a priest, and so apparently they, you know, I don't know how it works in the Anglican yeah, I don't church. Really know. But, but, they, but I think they, maybe they do have to counsel whoever comes to them. But I still feel like, well, you're a husband and wife. They're, she says her and her husband are priests, so well, then I'd still suggest maybe counseling them together or sending the men to your husband to counsel him. Yeah. Because like you said, men and I women like are different. I feel like that would make sense. Spoiler alert, men and women are different. <laughs> And, no. Yeah. And But I can go to the Boy Scouts. <laughs> you sure can. I can't go to the Girl Scouts, so Oh yeah, no, no way. Go ahead. Oh, but male privilege. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. And you guys can tell us what you think. Please comment on this with your thoughts or, or examples or what have you. Mm-hmm. But Chris was even saying he thinks men even view it differently. Like where I might be like, What's the big deal? If I yeah, was alone I mean, for a I little can, bit with... I could totally understand where you or most women would be like, what's the big deal? It's just my, you know, my really good friend and we're hanging out. I heard something once someone say, and it, it kind of made sense. It was, if you notice, if you look and notice an attractive person, you're human. If you look again, you're a man. If you look again, then you're just lusting and bad. But 
it's that extra step that between men and women. We have that extra thing in us that's wired in us. And so you may not think, you may be just like, oh, it's just my really close friend, you know, blah, blah, blah. But guaranteed the guy has, not that he's even fantasized or even gone far as far as anything. It's just that it's there. It's in their mind. And it's just how we're wired. Like, if you end up being alone with someone of the opposite sex, a girl may not even cross their mind that it's an issue of any sort. Mm-hmm. And, even, and most likely, it's not an issue of any sort. Right. But once that moment is there, it's going to cross the man's mind in a, you know, in a, in a non-immoral way. I'm just saying it's going to be there. It's the instincts kick in. Oh, female room. Oh, we're done. And then, you know, <laughs> you move on. But it's just the difference between men and women. Like, the rule is is good to keep men safe and women safe. Right. Remember, it's not, neither of us are victims in the situation. Neither of us are shown to be evil or whatever. Yeah. I'm just saying we're different. We're wired different. So women may not understand um, why this rule being so, let's say, strict is important, and I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, you know, it's there to help men because it knows what men are like, and it's there to help women because it knows what women are like. I can hear pe- I can hear people already because I've seen articles that are like, you're putting too much dependence on your spouse, and you'll both like you both need your liberty and freedom. Now, I understand that you're you're two individual people. You know, and it's like, but I have other friendships with chicks and we have fun and we talk and girls know there's there's school time. That's great. And then it's like, you know, of course, you've got your your family that you've grown up with. You can always talk to your dad, your mom, your brothers, sisters, cousins, whatever. Like there's there. I get that there's other relationships that are important and that are special and in a different way. So it's not that like you must fulfill all of my emotional needs. I'm like, no, that would exhaust. But for a Christian, I mean, part of that is also it you have Jesus mm-hmm. and you need Jesus. But we also understand that, of course, we need our friendships, we need our family and our spouse. But, but it's still like the spouse is the closest. alone and telling them your deepest, darkest right. secrets. Right, exactly. Why is yeah. she trying to make that yeah. Why are we... a thing that you need in your life? Yes. You don't need that. Yeah, Because exactly. that is for your spouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was reading some of the um, comments and I thought this person, basically they put it well like we felt said, avoiding being alone with the opposite sex when married in no way renders relationships impossible. It would appear the author spent the entire article arguing against a straw man version of the rule, which is married Christians should not have relationships with opposite sex, rather than the rule itself. It doesn't shut down relationships. Like, her whole premise here is that it just destroys any relationship you could ever have with a woman simply because you're not allowed to be alone with them. Like, really? Yeah. There's a relationship... Force, do you need to be alone with someone to have a good relationship with them? No. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm like, we were thinking, okay, we have great times with our friends all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, some of our friends are married, some of our friends are single. They come over, they hang out, we play games, we have coffee, we drink tea, we have fun. I'm like, these are friends. But yeah, I would see no need to hang out with one of them of the opposite sex. Like, just, mm-hmm. hey, let's, you and me, let's go hang out. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and you guys, because what you think, but to, to us, it just does seem kind of, I don't know, weird. Maybe. Like, why would weird. you do that? <laughs> it's kind of weird. And maybe, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe we're wrong. Maybe we're too legalistic. I don't know. 
I don't think so. She's saying that all of her guidelines in this article are wisdom, but I'm thinking, well, it seems like you had to get real detailed and you got really close to the line. That could be Mm kind of dangerous. So maybe you should just stick to the Billy Graham rule. Yeah. (laughs) It sounds kind of wise. Solves a lot of problems. And then it solves a lot of problems. Yeah. She uh, has an analogy, which I don't really understand about like basically the, she says, one could argue the Billy Graham rules is natural as buckling a seatbelt in your car. Um, but she said she would submit that the Billy Graham rule is less like buckling a seatbelt and more akin to refusing to share the road with anyone else and then claiming that's the only true safe way to drive. I, I mean, if I'm honest, I don't really get where she's going here, but it just sounds like she's making up stuff. So I got my own analogy here. Nice. Okay, there's a bonfire. You're looking at the bonfire. You can walk around the bonfire. You can enjoy its heat. You can cook stuff on it. You have a great relationship with this bonfire. That's the Billy Graham rule. But for her, she wants to say, oh, don't worry about staying away from the bonfire. Go ahead and jump in it. (laughs) But here's 15 ways to make sure you don't get burned. (laughs) You know, wear flame retardant stuff. Make sure you have a bucket of water. Make sure you Mm -hmm. dance around really fast. So she's like, or we would be like, hey, how about you just don't jump in the fire and and enjoy your relationship with the fire? She's like, no, jump in the fire. She's like, well, here's the stages (laughs) that could lead to a slippery slope. And we're like, well, maybe just don't go down the slope. Stay stay up high on that hill. Yeah. Where you go skiing on down there. <laughs> exactly. Sure, you could stop halfway through. And again, we're, we're not even saying that the second you're alone with some of the opposite sex, that sin will abound. That's obviously, that's not what we're saying. But the fact that she makes up 15 rules so that sin doesn't abound is like, how about you just don't get in the right. situation? Yeah. And then you have to make up 15 rules to make sure the worst doesn't happen. Yeah. And even if, like, even if, maybe not even for your sake, like, you're like, well... I have no sin in my heart. I'm not worried about anything. But you still want to care for the other people that you're hanging out with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like other people's marriages and other people's relationships, too. So it's like, well, just to be safe, how about don't be alone with <laughs> someone opposite sex if you're married? There you go. It's like it's a good rule. And people, I think, understand that just because a pastor, as we've seen, or a mentor or whatever, is Christian doesn't necessarily mean that they, they're not going to sin against you and and that's why it is really sad when we hear about you know leaders of the faith who are supposed to you know we look up to them we respect them we put our trust in them and it is always sad when you hear like they've done something that they definitely shouldn't have that was flat out evil and wrong so why would you guaranteed most of those situations didn't just happen yeah it was slowly and surely bad decision after bad decision after bad decision and a lot of those first bad decisions was being alone with them Mm mm-hmm yeah. Well, and outside of the church, ev- uh, tons of accounts, even against Bill Clinton, which I'm sure there's numerous ones. What? But a lot of terrible yeah? things happened with just a, yeah, well, let me just meet you at this hotel room real fast. Or let me just meet you here real fast and mm-hmm. then we can go over the papers there. And women will say, I instantly felt uncomfortable that I was alone with this person. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, I'm not talking like there's, I've been, you know, like I said, in work situations and stuff, and you're alone with someone, and it wasn't, like, scary. You didn't get a vibe that anything 
like you were going to be abused or anything. But it does happen to women. And a lot of them were suddenly found themselves in a situation mm-hmm. where they were alone with someone. So, of course, that rule works no matter who you are. Like, even if you are single and, you know, you don't know who this person is very well. Or if it's Bill Clinton, just to be safe. <laughs> Maybe to stay away from him. <laughs> just just entirely. Be alone with him. Any Clinton. Ever. Any, Any Clinton, Clinton, just to keep stay yourself away. safe. Something horrible will happen to you. So just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Are you kidding though? No. Okay. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, y'all, y'all know what I'm saying. You know, there's things here and there. I'll let you guys find the article and read it and have your own opinions on it. But we don't want to go through it all. Um, but just in general, we just wanted to share our ideas and thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you it, married people out there, let us know what you think. What are your thoughts? Mm-hmm, do you think it's a mm-hmm. it's a safe rule? Do you think it's a dumb rule? And, and um, oh, yeah, the, the only other thing that I would ask is what, if she's intentionally pursuing friendships w- that that um, require quality time with people of the opposite sex who aren't their, her spouse, what is she looking for? Because when I think friendship, you know, it's like you were my best friend and I married you, mm-hmm. which is why you and I have had the theory that men and women can't be best friends they can be really good friends you have close friends you know but like best friends because usually at some point someone falls in love with somebody Mm -hmm. that's usually just what happens and then for me i'm like well marriage is a wonderful sacred thing that's like you always should have that position of best friend like my confidant everything like that's just that's kind of the package that we wanted like yeah i'm i'm joining my life to yours forever and it's like a special bond that only you and I have. It's like, of course, we have great good friends of, of both men and women, but they'll never be best friends like you and I are in that same capacity. It's just, I, I would more, I just am curious, what's the purpose of the article? Because I still would say that the Billy Graham role is the best. Mm-hmm. There's going to be exceptions, like I said, in the workplace sometimes you have business meetings. But again, a lot of those happen in a public place. So it's not as big a deal. We're talking just one-on-one, alone somewhere. And and most, you know, and like we said, some of our rules are fine. They sound, they sound good. But the other ones are like, it, feel, it just feels like you're kind of pushing some sort of boundary. We don't understand why. Yeah, you're why. getting really close to the boundary. And like, it's like, how about just don't get near the boundary? Yeah. It's not worth it. Because in, I guess in her mind, it's not possible to have a good relationship with the opposite sex. Unless there's alone time. Unless you get to that line and have alone, you know. But we're like, no, I think you can stay back with your friends and enjoy the bonfire without jumping in it. Yeah. 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 But she thinks in order to enjoy the bonfire, you have to jump in it. I guess so. That's where we disagree. What do you guys think? Yeah, let us, let us know. Don't forget to find us on Twitter. My handle is at Natalite, N-A-T-A-L-I-G-H-T. Oh, and mine is, <laughs> she pointed at me, that Chris Cloud. That's that why, because I'm always going to say wrong. Cloud. Yep. So find us on Twitter. Let us know your thoughts. Yeah. If you're a enjoying. A couple thoughts, if yeah, you will. A couple thoughts, as it were. If you're enjoying these at all, even a little bit, consider sharing them. If you're not, that's cool. You don't have to. You have free will and stuff, I guess. So mm-hmm. do what you want. But it'd be nice if you liked it. Yeah, it'd be cool. Yeah. It'd be kind of sweet. Thanks. All right. Be gnarly. Be gnarly, guys. <laughs> okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye.